Hi, this is David McQueen, and welcome to the David McQueen Podcast. Celebs Go Dating and Married at First Sight UK. So I have the pleasure today on the Brave Leader podcast of interviewing, I'm going to make it clear, this is a friend, all right? I'm just going to say that clear. I'm just going to get it out of the way now. This is a friend of mine, okay? And I know some of you are jealous, but get over it, build a bridge, walk over that. This is my friend. I'm going to introduce a, a good friend of mine who I got to meet uh, um, a little while back. Please welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can I say also what I love is anytime a friend is interviewing you, mm-hmm. that gives the friend license to go deep into, you know, ask some crazy questions. So <laughs> we'll be good, man. We'll be good. I'll tread gently. I'll tread gently on this one. We are absolutely fine. So the first question I ask all my guests when I kick this off is what did you have for breakfast? I had a salad. Uh, I, a matter of fact, my wife and I, we, uh, have salad six days a week. We have the same salad, very regimented, a uh, little rocket, little uh, spinach, uh, uh, eggplant, roasted pepper, uh, fresh mozzarella, anchovies, a uh, little balsamic uh, and oil on, on top. So it's every, every morning, six days a week, we do that. And then on Sunday, we just go, go crazy. Okay, wow. I know, and I've been, a, 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 again, as a friend, uh, even though I'm not on uh, Insta as much as I, well, I'm not on it anymore, but I know you used to also have these lovely greens and vitamins and, and that. Talk to me a bit more about the regime that you have every day in terms of those um, other things as well. I mean, we'll, we'll use the entire thing <laughs> to, talk about, to talk about it, but I, I will tell you, I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, as succinct yeah. as possible is I, I always have... Uh, so I, I start my day with a, a ginger, uh, uh, honey, lemon, turmeric, and cinnamon kind of hot water tea, right? Yeah. So, so that's where I start. Um, then I have probiotics. Mm-hmm. And the probiotics are very important, you know, for, for the inflammation, yeah. uh, to reduce any type of inflammation. And so do that. Uh, then normally move to a green drink. So I have what's called green magma, which is uh, barley grass, uh, basically. And I have that 20 minutes before I eat. Uh, and then I have my salad. And then I have a whole uh, significant number of vitamins, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, Entenzyme Forte to bromelain to uh, vitamin C and all that. But the, re- the reason why is this all really started maybe about six, seven years ago where I had a, a small issue with my liver and it was because I, for, you know, for 15 years, basically I worked out, you know, quite a bit, but in, by working out, I would take creatine. Okay. 
and the creatine is you, you I, no one ever told me you're supposed to cycle on and off of creatine. Okay. Uh, you just continue taking creatine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it damaged my liver. We ended up going to a, my wife and I we ended up going to a, uh, homeopathic, uh, uh, doctor. He's the, his name is, um, um, Dr. Shamim. He's the oldest homeopathic doctor in the United States okay. and is 95 years old. Mm. His consultation, the intake is four hours. Wow. Stands the entire time. Um, but he prescribed a significant number of things for me to do and, and for my wife. And we, we basically did it. And long story short is, you know, my, 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 my liver was able to, to, to rehabilitate itself. Whereas so many people told me it, it, it couldn't. So that's, that's the, the drive behind that, that regimen in the morning, but, but that's exactly what we do. You know, every, every, at least six, six days a week, we do that. And then we go crazy on Sunday, but still have, but still have the probiotics. In the- yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, the, uh, and what I love about that, especially is that it speaks to a sense of self-leadership, a sense of that discipline that you have around what it is that you, you do to look after yourself. And I guess in many ways, uh, it, and, and, and feel free to, if you don't want to answer this, I can do it and I can edit it out. But I'm assuming that that level of discipline also has an impact on your sons as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of is that uh, my, my sons who are uh, Liam, who's eight years old, and, and Kingston, who they're 11 years old, is that, you know, we've moved, we, we've basically lived between the United States and the UK for the last three years. And so that's an incredible amount of stress, you know, for an eight and an 11 year old to have to leave friends and and their social circle. And then also uh, they were in school at one point, we were homeschooling them at one point. We then placed them in a uh, British school, you know, here. But long story short is they are excelling you know, in every category here, you know, uh, my oldest is the head boy of his school. This is the first, oh, yeah. the first he's, he's been in school for, I don't know, four months, five months. And he was voted head boy. Uh, you know, my, my youngest is, he is just like academically sports, you know, codes. It's, it's one of these where they, they've been able to excel excel quite a bit, which is a huge blessing. And I think a large degree of that is, you know, this is not, not me blowing smoke up, uh, you know, my wife and, 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 and myself, but I think a lot of that is children being what they'll see, what, what they see. Yeah. And they see, okay, you know, wow, when dad wakes up, he's, he's in the gym. So this, this morning, for example, in between that, those vitamins, I, we have this little gym in our, in our home. And this morning I'm, I'm working out and then boom, who comes through the door? My oldest, he gets on the exercise bike, right? This is before school. My youngest, eight years old, gets on the, the, the yoga mat, grabs the dumbbells and starts doing sit-ups and, and, and push-ups and press-ups. And so it's one of these where I think kids typically will, will, tr- will, will try to emulate what they see. Mm. I'm going to come back to it in a bit, but it's, it's really interesting in my coaching work. I, I always say to people, I can tell the leaders who have children. Oh, wow. And I can tell, because I can see it in the empathy that they have with a lot of their staff. 
but I also can tell individuals who've got a real grasp of what leading by example looks like as well, right? So if I go to the grassroots, I used to be way back in the day, I nearly went to seminary, nearly became a pastor, a whole other conversation for another podcast. I, I can so see right? that though. I can <laughs> see that. You, I mean, I think you are a pastor. That's, I, I listen to you. <laughs> I was uh, just, just as an aside yesterday, I, I was telling you before offline yesterday, I, I went to my, the church I grew up in, I went there and where my friend was, we were laying him to rest. And I went to the pulpit and I put my hands on the side and I said, it's been a while, right? And the church were like, amen, amen, preach. I was like, no, it's not that kind of journey today. But yes, I, it, it's that whole concept around discipline or being a disciple, the, that whole concept is around leading by example. You know, you can't get others to do what you're going to do unless you lead that example for yourself. So I love that, that, that sense of how you, how you appear. And for me, it's not blowing smoke, right? We won't, if we've done the work around our children, we should be proud. We've made the effort to do that. We should be proud of it. But I guess going back, I'd, I'd love to really explore how you got into your own leadership journey. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, I'm trying you know, this, this is, this is my first time really reflecting on mm -hmm. the beginning, but perhaps it is, it was me emulating what I saw you know, in my household, you know, in particular with my father, because my father, you know, so I was born in New York and uh, we initially, we let, we lived in Jamaica, Queens, which is basically Jamaica in New York. In New York. Yes. <laughs> it's called Jamaica, Queens. Um, and what was, I think, unique about my father is that he was one of the few people on our block who had a white collar job, mm. right? A lot of we had a lot of, uh, you know, plumbers and uh, uh, and uh, craftsmen and police officers and firefighters, that kind of thing. But my father was an engineer. And he basically he 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 wrote code. You know, he was an engineer, but in particular, he, he wrote code. And he er, very early on when I was a little, you know, three, four years old, he started his own company. Now, that was he started his own tech company. Wow. Right. So this is a black man, you know, in the 1980s, starting a uh, starting a, a, a tech company. Right. Um, and what I realized and, and long story short is he, he, he eventually sold that company, went on and it became phenomenally successful in that space. But what I was able to see early on was how he was able to set these lofty goals, you know, mm -hmm. very audacious, you know, um, be, these, these BHAGs, right? These big, hairy, audacious goals yeah. and walk and, and at least have enough, I'd say, have the confidence to start walking down that path. Even though he may not always reach that goal, mm -hmm. he was confidently walking down that path. I think that was really observing that happening was my first inclination of what leadership was. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. And and you and I both share a background, and both of both of our dads are what we call hard stock from the Caribbean, so they have that entrepreneurial ambition. My dad's from Grenada, um, uh, and and there is that stock about being able to go out and being able to have those adventures. So I love that. I love that you started it from um, um, from the home. So. In, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here that that would have been your first role model in terms of leadership. Okay. Um, but can I build on that and ask if you have any others as well? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, second to that, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't want to discount my mother because my mother was you know, ph phenomenal. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of who I was really looking up to, there, quite honestly, there was three people. You know, it was, uh, it was my father. It was my grandfather. And the reason why I, I talk about my grandfather so much is because, you know, so he's from Kingston, you know, and he's all he's part of the Windrush generation. OK, he actually came uh, over uh, to to the UK initially. And then he was like, it's, it's too racist here for me. I'm leaving. Right. And he ended up going to uh, to New York. Um, but um, my grandfather and, he, you know, he's passed, but he was what I consider a hustler. Yeah. Like he was always coming up with business ideas. Mm. You know, I remember going to his house and he had a bunch of TVs. I'll never forget it. He had a bunch of TVs in his home. And I was like, where? <laughs> this is an electronic store. What's, what's happening? He said, no, no, I'm in the TV business. You know, I, I sell TVs. And inside the TVs were rocks. So they, the TVs didn't even work. Oh, wow. <laughs> and now, he told me he didn't know. But now, I, when I look back, I say, hold on. <laughs> Did you put the rocks in the TVs? But my, my point is, is he tr always tried different businesses. Never, never really, never, there is not one that ever worked. You know what I mean? But the fact that he continued to do that was... He, I, I just loved his, I just loved the hustle. You know, I, I, I love that. So, so he was number two. And then number three for me, um, uh, actually there's maybe a couple of, but number three was my uncle. So these are all family members. Yeah, yeah. My uncle was like the, he, you know, at that time he was in, in high school uh, and he was the star athlete. He was, you know, this academic, he was Mr. Suave, you know, he had everything going on and he ended up going into the military. Uh, he went to the U.S. Marines and, and that was considered to be such a high honor, you know, for him to, for him to go. So between my uncle, you know, my, uh, my grandfather, my father, these were really, the, I think the, the foundation of who I looked up to. Love that. The I most. That. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think there is, there is something really powerful like, you know, we can have, you and I have worked with lots of really interesting and fascinating business people. But the fact that you can bring it back to that whole family sense of this is who I am, this is my background, this is where my leadership is, is really powerful. So it's just, I, I, I ask this question, it all seems like a leading question, but I'm going to do it anyway. What does good leadership look like for you? Good leadership is authenticity. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's really where I think where it most resonates with me because I think a lot of us subscribe or uh, ascribe uh, accomplishing a goal to good leadership, right? So this whole notion of, okay, a leader is, you know, inspiring, mobilizing, et cetera, a body, an entity to get to a certain objective. So if you're able to do that, that's good leadership, but at what cost? You know, I mean, you, you think about what's happening right now between Russia and Ukraine, you know, um, you could say, all right, well, what's, what, what, what Putin is, is going to accomplish, which, which, which seems as, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll acquire some land, if not all of Ukraine, you think, okay, that's the, that was the objective, it was accomplished, that's good leadership. But I say, ah, 
I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's, there's a level of authenticity and, and morals and, um, and um, you, you know, actually, let me take this. Let me take, let me, let me do it. This. Do it. Got, this is your play. This is your playground. Come on now. <laughs> I, I like this. I like, I like the box here. I, I still, I'm looking, thinking about the Putin example. Um, but, but, but I think that there's, 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 you know, there's a lot of leadership in, in lies there. So I go back to good to me is, is authenticity, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's good leadership. But then also I think that um, at least putting that entity, that group on the pathway hmm. to the objective, you don't necessarily have to reach the objective, but the pathway to the objective, that to me is good leadership. Now, phenomenal, exceptional, great, you know, uh, le leadership is, is, is accomplishing the goal in essence, but not necessarily. Cause I remember, you know, I went to, um, I'm really proud. I went to, uh, to, to business school at, at, at um, in the States to, at Georgetown. Yeah. And we studied Ernest Shackleton, yeah. which is crazy for me because now I live next to the school that Ernest Shackleton, wow. you know, went to. Um, but when I think of Shackleton's story, Goal was not accomplished, but yet it's considered one of the greatest leadership stories ever that, you know, these top business schools study. So, so what did he do? He, he led with, with, with incredible authenticity and he put this entity on the path, mm. you know, on the path to the promised land. Yes. Yeah, same yeah. thing that Martin Luther King did, right? Yeah. Same, 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 same thing, you know, Haley Selassie did, right? It's, yeah. So that's my thought. That's my thought. It's a great question. Brilliant question. It's, it's interesting because it was just last week I was reading about the endurance when they found Shackleton's ship. Ah, yes. Yeah, yes. that they found the one that he that obviously lost and, and they went back and uh, and it was by mistake. And, and again, you know, there's a, there's a certain irony in calling your ship the endurance and it's thinking, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then it's the attitude, as you said, it's the attitude, isn't it? What, what are we going to do and what is it about that journey where are we taking people and and i love i love that point you make and i, and I really i want to tease it out a bit more um because we've got this sandbox and i'm going to go with it a bit more because i th there is a resistance and i'm going to say here in the uk around that term around authenticity for some people they feel it's like a, an americanism that doesn't necessarily have the depth behind it and 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 i guess when we look at a lot of the leaders that are put on pedestals because of the work that they've done in business or in politics or even in the third sector in charities the bit that really sparked in it sparked in my mind when you were talking about that authenticity i'm wondering if and again this is leading right but this is you so we can go we can talk we're going to talk i'm wondering how we interpret that authenticity because some people are authentic, but they're terrible. But this is who they are. Right. Yeah? right. Whereas other people are really authentic because what they've done is they're serving the people that they're taking to this specific journey and they put that front and center. So I'm quite curious just to tease out that bit around that authenticity and what, on another level, what it really means to you, not only for the person themselves, but the people who are impacted by that authentic leadership. Yeah. You, so, so you bring up a great point. And, and perhaps what you know i would have to now insert in addition to the authenticity is, is there needs to be a level of skill 
you know? And I, and I think ultimately there are a lot of people who just don't have the skill, the qualification to, to, to lead, you know? It's interesting that you bring up the, the U.S. because, you know, what a, a massive difference I find between leadership, in particular in uh, for-profit, you know, entities between the U.S. and the U.K. is that in the U.S. there is a bravado um, and um, salesmanship that comes with a lot of the leaders to the point where oftentimes if they're presented with a task or an objective that's, that's enormous, right? The American attitude is, is oh, yeah, we'll get it done, right? Of course we'll get it done, right? Of course, right? Whereas, you know, here in the UK, what I've noticed over the last three years is when there's a massive objective, right? Leadership says, I don't know if we'll get it done. Are you sure? Are you sure we can do that? Let's, let's revise the goal a little bit. <laughs> let's bring that down a little bit, right? Now, you know, they, they, they get to the same distance, mm. but, 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 but the attitude is different. Now, that's not necessarily about the skill. Mm. Actual skill in being able to mobilize that group, mm. that skill, that's a level of skill that's literally taught. I mean, there, was a, there were classes that I, you know, that, that, that I went to on that. So long story short is I think in addition to the authenticity, mm. there should be the insert of there needs to be um, there needs to be the fundamental leadership skills also have to be in place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Make it good leadership. Definitely. Love that. You've made me think, by the way, I'm going away. I'm going to be journaling after this because I've got some more thoughts that have come to my mind. And what's one of the toughest decisions you've had to make as a leader? Boy, I mean, you know, when I think of leadership, I think of, uh, of, of family, you know, et cetera. But, you know, perhaps recently from a, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, I created a community that I adore called BWPC, Better With Paul Connect, right? It was a derivative of a podcast that was launched during the, the I say the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. Hopefully it's, it's, it's gone, right? Um, and it was a, a large community. We had, I think, upwards to 500, uh, 500 members, highly profitable, you know, community, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I decided to sell it, decided to step away from it. This, this, this incredibly successful entity that I was, you know, very passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every, they, these are my mentees, essentially. Mm-hmm. The, the, reason, the reason for it is what makes, I think, leadership so hard is that I, I, I firmly believe, although I haven't always practiced it, but I firmly believe that Success requires a singular focus. Mm. And I realized I was spread thin, right? I was, I had, you know, I'm Jamaican, you know, Caribbean, so I had 10 jobs, you know what I mean? I'm doing lots of things. Mm-hmm. But I had to step back and eject out of several projects, not just that. Mm. Um, and, and the reason why it's such a difficult decision as a leader is because one of the reasons why I think a lot of us do many things is it's a hedge. It's a safety, right? If one doesn't work, I've got these three others. But if I'm just focused on one, there's a whole lot more risk on this one, right? So that's one reason why we do it. Um, You know, there's there's a variety of reasons, but I have methodically over the last maybe four months, 
pulled out of all of these ventures that I'm, that I'm a part of to focus on one specific area. So this is the first time in my professional career, right? That I have just doubled down focused on, and, and I'm focused on relationship science, yeah. you know, which, which is a career that even my father to this day says, is that really like is that <laughs> really a profession? You yeah. know? Relationship science. But, but so that that's enormous risk. Mm. And responsibilities I have, you know, family, friends, et cetera. So I, I think most recently, that's the most challenging leadership decision I've had to make. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. You, you, you jumped into it and then you sidestepped. I'm not allowing you to do that. You mentioned leadership in terms of family. Oh yeah. So talk, talk, talk to me about tough decisions there as well. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I, without, getting every too, without getting too personal, right? But we know we're going to have our conversation offline, right? But for here, yeah. talk to me about those tough decisions in terms of family. Yeah. I mean, that that's, it's, it's, it's every day, mm. you know, it's, it's every day, but for me, the, 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 the most, I think the most, the most challenging overarching is this contemplation of whether what, you know, where, where, what my wife and I are enacting, right? So moving to the UK, yeah. putting the boys in homeschool, right? For a, a period of years, placing them in, 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 in a particular school, right? These, these initiatives that we're enacting, is it serving their best interest, mm. right? Is it, is, is, is it a benefit or, or a detriment? Because the challenge I think with, with proactive parenting today Mm. is there's an enormous amount of information. Mm. I mean, for you, you, you can literally, for any decision you make, should you homeschool your child or not, you could go online and you could read 100 articles why it's the best thing in the world and 100 articles why it's the worst thing in the world, mm. right? And so being able to dis- use your discernment, mm. right? And then, and, and, and then make decisions that, you actually won't see the result in real time. Mm. It may be three months, three years, 30 years down the road. That is, that's, 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 <coughs> that, that's incredibly hard. Mm. Right? And these are leadership uh, decisions that, that, that have to be made. So it's, it's incredibly, incredibly hard. That, that's the only area mm. that kind of quote unquote freaks me out, mm. right? Everything else feels like a sandbox. It's play, you know, but that's the one where you think, okay, is this going to really benefit them? Yeah. Yeah. In the future? Yeah. It's interesting as an, as an aside there, I, I remember when our, so our girls are older, they're 24 and 20 now, but I remember I made a conscious, we made a conscious decision, myself and, and Madeline, my wife, we made a conscious decision that um, we can grow a business to whatever size we want. But right now we're going to double down on being totally present for the girls. And what that meant was unless we could absolutely help it, we were always there for parents evening, always there for their major sports days, always there for their assemblies. And what it meant there was that there's sometimes we met, we missed out on some lucrative um, stuff, but it was to your point, what do we do for the best interest of the children? And now I see my children fly. I'm like, that's an investment. I have no problem have it, having made. They need to pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> they 
good results, right? In good results, they need to pay me back. <laughs> Not yes. in money, but in good results and stepping into their potential. But um, yeah, that's I, I love that. Um, and and there was something that you um, mentioned around doubling down into relationship science. And and, and as a friend, I've seen that now. I can, I can I'm seeing it more on your content. I'm yeah. seeing, I'm seeing that. I'm looking at your content. And I'm like, okay, I see you, Paul. I see you going here, and 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 even when, as point of the, one of the points of me doing this podcast is like yourself. I've realized that where my strength is is in leadership. That's where my real strength is. So if somebody needs me, I'm either coaching, presenting, facilitating advisory on a board somewhere but i always double down and go if you want me i'm coming in here as a leadership expert that's what it is loads of startups oh i'm gonna make loads of money have you got your leadership impact oh we got this really great product it's disruptive have you got your leadership impact? you know companies oh my gosh you know got to deal with race relations have you got your leadership in place get that in place and all those other things make a lot more sense so i really resonate with that bit and i guess it it it, it leads me on to my the other question, which I'm always curious about, is what succession looks like for you. Mm. And like, and I can't help it, so you're going to have to forgive me, but like you, me, me and you are a big family man, right? So I want you to touch on both family and business, but what your approach is to succession. Yeah. Well, I, the way I have approached everything that we do, and my wife and I are eye to eye on this, and what's great is, is that, you know, my parents in particular are, are eye to eye on this, my my brother, you know, is, is we're all in, in alignment where, you know, there's we, we, we in essence, every anything that we accumulate is the families. Yeah. You know, okay. I, love that. Yeah. Every, every, everything, you know, and um, that and the idea is not to accumulate for the sake of accumulating. Mm. But accumulate for the sake of benefiting the next who's next up. Yeah. That's exactly how, you know, I've seen my parents go about living mm. and that's exactly how like in this next generation, like myself, my wife, my brother, like that's exactly what we're doing. And the beauty is I can already see at eight and 11, my boys already like they understand that. They understand that basically what, what we're doing is, you know, in uh, it's the baton, right? Because, you know, you must have, David, you must have run track. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, I knew, see, I knew, I just knew you, we ran track. See, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a baton. Yeah. And, and, and they already know that we're handing a baton to them. Mm. It, it's, it's already ingrained. Yeah. And it's already ingrained that they then in turn are responsible for handing that baton over to 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 the next generation yeah so, so that that's how i view it now th this is such a great question because years ago i i thought proper succession was i need to be either in the business that my father's in or i need to have a, a business entity and pass that entity over but that's not how i look at it anymore yeah. how i look at it is that we all accumulate social capital, mm. social capital, mm. right? So sure, that could be dollars in the bank, but that's also friends, right? That, that, that we know. And 
what is important for me is to then pass that social capital on to my boys. So yeah, will they get the dollars in the bank? Absolutely. But also they should know, for example, Dave, they should know your daughters. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's social capital. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's what gets passed on. So, so the beauty now is I, I think, okay, I don't have to have um, the, the, the exact entity you know, see that, that, that my father has, I can pass down social capital, which will be just as, if not even more advantageous, yeah. you know, to them. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a mentor, well, two mentors, actually, a, 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 an older black man and an older Jewish man. And in, they both said to me that first and foremost for them is the family business. And I got it really twisted because they're successful entrepreneurs. I got it really twisted, like, oh, so somebody's going to come in and they said, no, the family business is about values. It's around behaviors and around recognizing how important our name is for ourselves and those around us. And I was like, wow. And then they said, yeah. And then the family business. I think actually the, 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 the older black mentor said business. He spelled it B-I-Z-N-I-Z. Right? <laughs> it's our business, right? We've got to handle our business. And that blew my mind. The family business is first how we show up and how we represent, again, in terms of our values and behaviors and who we're around. And then anything else that comes afterwards, if there is a, you know, my daughter's in TV, she wants to do a production company, I'm setting that up with her. My youngest said to me, dad, you know, I really admired what you did when you were in education. I want to do something similar. That's the next stage. So I love that. That is, it's that, yeah, I love that. I love that view of succession. And I'm sure my listeners will like that as well. So, what would those who you lead say you do well? And what would they say you can improve on? Oh, well, I've got this. Uh, but I'll even start with the, with the improving because I was <laughs> hearing this. I hear this often, right? Is a, a, a lot of people assume that I'm great with details. Um, I'm not. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm not detail oriented, you know, so it's all of the, what I call the nuances, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm terrible at, right? And unfortunately that could be a follow-up, right? That could be a, um, um, you know, tracking even the dollars and cents, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it is anything that requires detail, yeah. that is just not me. And I have always been, you know, the finger's been pointed at me on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, what I believe people say I do really well is set big, audacious goals. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at creating a plan, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about a strategy, right? Because I, I think, okay, that's really what it is. I'm a strategic thinker, but what is that? Mm-hmm. It's being able to create a goal, right? But a smart goal, right? Yeah. And then a plan, the plan and the goal equates to a strategy. And then you have to be able to inspire, motivate through the articulation of that. (laughs) That's something that I believe uh, that, 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 that people would say I'm good at. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm just like you. I'm so, I'm obviously (laughs) being your elder brother, right? I'm just going to throw this down to you now. The, the difference, I'm the bigger picture guy. Like, I've got the vision. We are going there, right? We are going to the promised land. They're like, David, where's the boat? I said, don't watch the boat, right? We're going to go to the promised The boat's going to show up. And then I realized, okay, I've got to get the carpenter. I've got to get the shipbuilders. And I have, uh, you know, we've spent some time building 
the individuals who can do the jobs that I don't, I know I don't like, but they're really good at. So like, again, you know, even our conversation here, I didn't get involved in any of the planning. My PA managed that whole process because I know me, I'll be looking at that email and then a tune will come on Spotify and I'm messed up, right? I'm done. <laughs> I've dropped the ball. Yes. She has full access to my inbox, do the stuff and manage it. So yeah, to your point, knowing what's that vision, where are we going to go, what have you? And, but also making sure that there are individuals around who will pick up that slack for us. That yeah. is good. But yeah, definitely, definitely. I know that stuff around you is a visionary. Definitely. That goes before you. So I'm going to finish off on this last one because I know I could speak and we'd be here all day, all day. All right. <laughs> but, I've enjoyed this, by the way. This, this is, this is, this is actually what I, I think what I enjoy now more than anything is simply a good conversation. Yes. I've realized like that. that so, so, someone asked me, what would you walk? a mile in like the blazing hot sun, you know, over, you know, like, you know, charred glass and all this. Right. And, and there were several answers because it was a group of people. And some people were saying like, I do it for good fish and chips or like, I do it for, you know, oxtail or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, know, you gotta have a Jamaican. <laughs> uh, for me, I would do it for good conversation. Mm. Good, good conversation. I mean, and I, I put this in, in that category. So, so I'm yeah. appreciative. No, thank you. Thank you. I, well, one of the things I love about now that the world has opened up a bit more is my, whenever I meet my mentor, we work, we, my main mentor, we walk for two hours in the Chiltern Hills. So just out way outside of London, but this is massive, like miles and miles. Photos that you, of you right, post. Yeah. Yeah. So we go two hours straight. He always gets me to talk when we're going uphill. Like we're, I, I've sussed that now, right? When, when, he's, when he's, we're going downhill, that's when he starts to talk. <laughs> but even with my own coaching, to your point, having that conversation and taking some of my clients out of their environment and go, let's talk. Let's just have a talk. Face-to-face, we'll just walk. And it's fine. I love that. So I agree with that. I, I, I'd love to finish off by just asking you about your, your simplest ethos around leadership. What was that simple ethos that drives you around your own leadership journey? Yeah, you know what it is? It's actually just do it. Mm. Like really just do it. Yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes we get lost in the contemplation and mm. in, in the overthinking and then that begets reducing our confidence and the over analysis and, you know, the paralysis analysis. Oh, just do it. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you have been blessed, the way I look at it is, if you've been blessed with a thought, mm-hmm. it's there for a reason. Yeah. Right. It's, it just didn't come to you just because it, it came to you for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And to show you the power of a thought is the thought is the uh, really a, a thought is an accumulation of your experiences. That, that's, that's what allows you to have that thought yeah. you have. And, and, and we have to realize how unique our experiences are. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at it, is you think, okay, David McQueen, right? There's no one who's ever walked and experienced what you've experienced in life. There's no one, like no one, no one who's ever been on the planet, no one who's currently on the planet, never, no, no one who will ever be on the planet, right? This, this is, these are unique to you. And it's those experiences that allow you to create these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if you think about how special a thought is, then respect that by acting, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's, 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 you know, my philosophy around, around this is, is act. Now I'm not saying every thought pops into mind, you know, act on it. What I'm saying, not every thought that pops in your mind, should you then execute that thought? 
Yeah. Maybe it requires you to then remove the thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe it requires you to take the thought and add it to another thought. Maybe it t- requires you to take that thought and store the thought, mm-hmm. right? But all I'm saying is just do something with it. Yeah. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely love that. And I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. I, 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 I do too. I keep, I keep saying, because we, we, I think every conversation we've had, yeah. I'm bringing this up, but I need to bring this up that we're recording, is still the top, I'm going to say maybe Earl, uh, uh, is it, uh, oh, is it Earl, Earl Jones, is it? I think the, I think you basically have the, one of the top voices I've ever heard in my life. Wait, James L. Jones. James L. Jones. <laughs> you put me in that grouping? Come on now. <laughs> you know, se- 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 seriously. Yeah. Like, I, I know I keep saying this to the point where you might think it's a joke. It's not. No, I'm taking it, man. I'm taking yeah. it. Yeah, it is. I'm take, I'm take, I'll take that, Paul. I'll, I'll definitely take that. And um, really appreciate you. I know there are, I wanted, I wanted to have, I wanted to have this conversation with you on leadership because there are, there are certain elements that people will see, especially if you're in a, in a, in a high profile space and they'll only be able to look at you at this surface level. And I just really know from even the short time I've known you in our circle of friends, you, your leadership and your influence is quite out, especially like with my London natives who know you, it, the, the tentacles go out and it's always a really good, positive, warm feeling. And it's always, it's not perfect because no one's perfect, but it's, it always comes with a real sense of that people feel empowered around you and have a sense of agency. And for me, it was important that when I got you on this podcast, I wanted to get that. People can see the other stuff on you on television. They can go elsewhere if they want that. But for me on the podcast, this is what I wanted to do. So I really appreciate you being here um, and doing that. So thank you. Dave McQueen Podcast is a Q Talent Management production. Theme music is Biscuit by Lacrimbo.